Can you count to five for me? Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Excellent. Okay. Hey Ariel, what's up? How you doing? Doing good. How are you today? Doing incredible, thank you. How are you holding up during this crazy Corona times? I honestly, I did not expect it would be this insane, to be mm. quite honest with you, and that people are already going back out, acting like nothing's happening. I'm like, okay, all right, that's cool. You do you. <laughs> it is quite crazy in the states, right? Every time when I talk to someone in, in America, and I, I, I get on WhatsApp with a friend, and I try to check in with them it is it is pretty crazy out there people are so divided it's you know in a lot yes. of countries like my country holland for example it is a medical health issue right it's a safety issue and in america it's it's a political issue right yes very much so i mean like here in new york they're opening and they actually just opened up the state again today well uh, i know the city isn't open right now manhattan i know upstate where i am right near canada it's still certain parts of it are opened up again and to me that's just it's crazy to think about yeah and how are you holding up what is it doing with your with your state with your surprisingly it's it's doing quite well actually i live with my family currently and i'm helping them because they're remodeling the house and everything so i'm staying with them after graduation and it's been a crazy time but i'm glad i'm experiencing this craziness with them and i'm glad i'm not on my own in my own apartment <laughs> to a degree because i feel like that would be a lot more mentally detrimental to not be surrounded by you know people to an extent i know a lot of people are going through that right now so yeah. Well, it's almost like we've been forced to reflect on upon ourselves, right? Forced oh, no, to but, yeah. sit down and think about ourselves and our actions and our goals and our thoughts and even our friends, right? Who are our friends? Am exactly. I keeping oh, in touch with I, them or? Yeah, I can't even tell you how many friends I've just like seen their true colors over this past like couple of months. And you, you really assess everything truly and you see who's really there for you and who's just there for the ride, essentially. Yeah. Definitely. And how's work been going for you? Your productivity level? How, how, how are you? Just as crazy. Just as crazy. Because like a lot of uh, my clients, since I do video editing for a living, a lot of my clients are like, well, hey, I'm home now. So let me give you more projects. Let me give you more editing stuff. And I'm just like, okay, that sounds good to me. So it's, it's one of those things of where I absolutely love the time to myself, but I'm a people person. So that, that that's one aspect that I really miss is going out to meetings, going out mm -hmm. to do stuff and interacting with people. And I used to be such an introvert, but lately I've just been such a, a busy body with people. Mm -hmm. Tell me about so. the video editing. How did you end up in video editing? Because you did psychology, right? Yeah, I actually, well, I did a lot of video editing in high school for little projects for classes here and there. And then I started doing it more so whenever I went to college and they would ask us to do these different like interactive projects. And I was like, okay, you know, let's try it. And then it was a skill that just carried on. And I thought, you know what, let me incorporate this since I'm already doing YouTube. Let me see how I can manage a business because mm -hmm. YouTube, it doesn't, pay honestly like i'm gonna be straight up with people who mm -hmm. might be listening who want to get into youtube not at all. it does not pay at all unless you have like at least four thousand hours of watch time and a really steady audience that you're building which it, it it's it's tough to build i'm not gonna you know sugarcoat anything Definitely. so um but i knew i wanted to be able to create a side income with everything and i didn't realize how 
much people needed a video editor and all that. So I decided to take advantage of the market and I went in and I kind of explored the area a little bit and I said, okay, let me dive into this. It's something I enjoy with my own work and it's something I enjoy doing with other people's work as well. So mm. that's how I really got into it. Awesome. So. And why did you decide to divert from psychology a little bit? Why didn't you decide to go into counseling or like a psychologist, psychiatrist? Or... Mm -hmm. It got very political. Um, it was something that uh, my thesis director back in college was ta talking to me about. And he said, uh, you can't be empathetic if you want to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And once you're prescribing medication, once you're getting into that entire field, you have to very be um, you have to be very kind of cold to an extent. I know that's not the best way to phrase it, but it's one of those things that I've noticed of where once you get into that field, you have to think, okay, what what kind of person am I bringing in? What kind of doctor have they seen? And how am I going to treat this person accordingly to an extent? Because you have to think about their medical history. You have to think about who they are as a patient. You can't really mm. think about them. Fortunately, as an individual, you have to treat the condition that they have. Yeah. And that's one thing that I really didn't like. I wanted to be empathetic with the person and treat them as the human being, not just as the condition. So mm, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I feel that a lot of um, I've been doing this coaching for six years and I've noticed that uh, talking with a lot of other coaches, I've recognized a pattern between me and a lot of other people as well. And we have major sociopath tendencies <laughs> and i discovered that it's it's probably unavoidable in this field of work you're gonna have to either have these tendencies before you get into it or develop them because you're gonna lose your mind if you take anything everything personal right and if you carry people's problems with you and if you uh, let it bother you throughout your personal life or because people drop some heavy shit on you sometimes. Oh, yes. Right? It's, oh, yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. You're going to have to process that some way. It's the easiest way to say, well, you know what? You're a patient, you're a client, you're a patient. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm, you know, when I get off this computer, that's it. Yeah, I don't care about you at all. Right? And, you know, that's, and that's a been a tough thing for me, actually, because like a lot of actually my close friends are some of my, uh, my best clients in, in that regard. So anytime that I have like that, conversation with them i have to remind them that hey we're going into a business meeting right now i have to be blunt and, and business like with you i can't be oh hey what's going on how's the weather cracking jokes so it, you have to make that clear distinction and i think that's the tricky part about having friends who are also your clients is because you have to make that clear dividing line as uncomfortable as maybe sometimes yeah so. yeah definitely and you know it's funny how you discovered a connection between psychology and gaming because I've always told my friends in my environment how much deep psychology there is in gaming and not even gameplay and gameplay loops and behavior uh, science and all that stuff right that they know very well uh, even throughout the loot boxes and the freemium games and the mobile phones and how they play with our brains and minds and yeah. <laughs> but also just the way they tell a story and keep you emotionally attached to characters and take you on this journey and make you feel all these feelings and yeah, exactly. uh, how, how do you see that connection? 
it's well i actually i saw it very young honestly like when the first game that i actually saw it with as an example was resident evil and i saw that when i was like maybe nine or ten years old it was the first video game i ever played and i saw a connection early on because even in college they they, they asked us to write certain papers about tv shows and, and different games and certain different archetypes that you might see and i thought there's a really big connection here between the id, the ego, the superego, and how, for example, you have the Umbrella Corporation, you have Wesker, you have the good guys, you have all these overarching themes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't see it, they just see the game, they see the mechanisms, and they see uh, all the things like killing the bosses and everything, and there's so much more to it. There's so many more heavy connections, both mentally and like even metaphysically. Mm. And when you discovered that that's something that exist in gaming was it easy to find like-minded people who fought chat like you no not at first because whenever i was just getting into it i was still being told that females can't do gaming on youtube mm. so it, it was a funny thing because there was uh, other youtubers um besides markiplier and pewdiepie and all of those there was people like i have cupquake or um what was it, Amy Lee, who is a Minecraft gamer. Those were the only really two prominent female gamers in the industry at the time. And it goes without saying that it's really unheard of for a female gamer to try to break through that mold because you don't see someone talking about I has Cupquake, for example, just as much as they talk about PewDiePie. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to try to break that and do that in a very unique way to, you know, try to break through with psychology. And, you know, since I already have an, a keen eye to seeing how people think, I want to be able to recreate that through trying to analyze games. Hmm. And I'm so curious what, see, it feels like a, a similar situation for me because when I grew up, there were absolutely zero role models for me, Middle Eastern coaches. I've never in my life seen a Middle Eastern mindset or life coach. All white, old white guys, just all old white guys, middle aged to old white guys. Those are the most talented, incredible life coach, you know, smart guy. And I love them. I respect them. I read about every one of them, but I've never seen an Iranian or Turkish or Arab or Pakistani or Indian life coach anywhere. So I was like, where are these guys with the beard and the black hair? And the... So I never even seen it as a possibility so when you came up not seeing any girls and the only girls that were there were kind of expected to play minecraft or build a house in sims to shut the hell up and be yeah. pretty you know and <laughs> how how did you still feel like i can do this if you have to believe in yourself and that's the main thing and it's something that um i'm gonna say you know markiplier is one of my biggest inspirations for that i he was actually one of the the big kick in the butt for me um, when I graduated from college, kind of a short story on that because I wanted so much to do YouTube. I just didn't know how to. And I saw a video that he did called Believe in Yourself. It was one of the first ones that he posted kind of like that as a, um, as a rant style video where he's still trying to be encouraging and funny at the same time. And he said, people are going to see a fire in you. And they're going to see, wow, you know, that, that guy's on fire. What's this about? Like, why is he burning? They're going to check that fire out. They're going to check out that inspiration. And he said that you just have to believe in yourself. Whatever it may be, it doesn't matter if it's YouTube, a business, whatever it may be. Hmm. So I was like, okay, 
let me try this. And you just have to like get into this conditioning motion of starting to believe in yourself. And it didn't matter what anybody said. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I had to do it. And it was going to be like the be all end all for me. And it just so happens that four years later that I'm doing this, it's really paying off and people are actually seeing that, okay, psychology does have a place in gaming and there are other females who are being inspired by it. And I just think that's amazing. So mm, definitely, definitely, especially yeah. when, you know, you don't have any clear role models. It seems like you're going to have to, you know, build the road before you even get to travel. Right? Yeah. You, there's no, there's yeah. no, like, where do I go? I don't, I'm just going, right? I'm just going, yeah. I'll see. <laughs> um, I'll you, I'll let you know when I'm there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty remarkable. So yeah. you went on this journey, not really knowing where it was going to lead you. What was yeah. the first time where you felt that, yeah, this, this is it. I'm going the right way. I'm sure. Positive. Actually, just recently, um, whenever I got the chance to interview one of the developers from Silent Hill Homecoming, wow. and I got so excited. He's actually become one of my friends now, and I'm just so incredibly, like, I was kind of shocked and thrilled. I didn't know what kind of emotion yeah. to have, honestly. That's big time. But whenever... Yeah, and it was one of those things where I even I told my parents I was just like, I I'm, I have this major interview coming up. I'm just like really nervous, but I'm really excited about it. And one of my friends told me that, wow, actually, you're you're making it right now. I was like, I, I didn't consider this as making it. This is just me like doing what I do every mm. single day. So that was one of the first times that I thought, okay, this is this is going well. And it, you know, now we're like getting closer and closer each day to 2000 subscribers and that is also another thing that makes me believe that okay this is this is working people are enjoying it and they're finding meaning in the product that i am delivering to them so Definitely. that that's what yeah. makes me believe that okay this is cool this is yeah. going good it's funny how you sometimes need those major moments in order to realize that you've been doing something actually right you've been actually yes, yeah. doing something even though you've been working your ass off you kind of need yes. these moments in your life to, you know, get you going, get you back going again, yes. right? Especially when yeah. you get in that, especially YouTube, right? It's such a, it can be yeah. such a monotonous process of re constant repeating video, thumbnail, upload, video, thumbnail, upload, like yeah. you get in this grind mode. It gets to a point of where you, you know, uh, at some point, I even actually talked about this uh, today in a, a post I did on Patreon, where you have to kind of break out of the jaded moments, if you will. You know, it can be like something as simple as getting excited for a cup of coffee in the morning to do whenever you're making your thumbnail or finding new ways to do your thumbnails. I actually recently found a new way to edit my thumbnails where I like. I don't know how to like explain this not nerdy, so I'll do the best that I can. Um, when you take the thumbnail original image and you put text behind that same image. Oh, so I, I saw you did that like, when you posted that on Twitter. That was that was yeah. tight. That was tight with the Doom picture, yeah. Yep. Yep. And I, and I tried experimenting with different stuff, and that's how I find I get my creative juices back, is like I take the same like kind of it's not boring. If it were boring, I wouldn't be doing it, but it, you know, the same kind of routine thing and change it up, see what I can do and like tweak within it you know mm. and how do you deal with the fact that you can put all these hours into a new thumbnail and a new video do something that's remarkable to you that's a mind soul mind milestone to you which means a lot but still it, it gets like 50 views two likes and two comments you're like god damn it really i thought this was this was the one i thought this was it <laughs> 
You see, it's it's weird because I don't view it like that the way a lot of people do view it. I'm like, wow, okay, those 50 people I made an impression on. Hey, I like that, you know? And even if it got one view, okay, it's one view, that's it. That's sometimes what a lot of my music covers get. Some of the time, whenever I would like upload them at first, they would only get one view, but I made an impression on that one person. And as cheesy as that sounds, I have to carry that with me because if I pay too close attention to the numbers, I won't be focusing on the quality of the content anymore. Mm. And then and they'll just start going down and down. And that's how you see a lot of YouTubers who get money hungry, who will do things for like, oh, get to 10,000 likes, get to this many likes, because they're focused way too much on the numbers, not too much on the quality of content like back like five or six years ago, the way YouTube used to be. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. How do you combine a game, you know, a hobby as gaming is very time consuming. Mm -hmm. It's just so yeah. many incredible games. You want to play them all. You want to experience everything. You want to stay in the loop on all the news and all the things that's in all the drama and all that stuff. I love the gaming industry. But at the same time, it's so time consuming as a creator. Mm -hmm. How do you combine those two? How do you stay in the loop in gaming and how do you also perform on that level? It's kind of like you have to be two different people at the same time, honestly, because whenever uh, I'm doing a game, that's the part of me that is in game reviewing mode. And I have to see like the psychological nuances and things and try to like flip my brain into two, if, if that makes sense. So like whenever I go into news mode, I literally will take an entire week and prep for my casual nerd episodes, which is a new series that I do on YouTube. And I'll take a week and I'll look through and I'll sort through everything that is current news, but I'll take the bits the day before I mm. post my video. That is the most important news pieces from the Friday, from like the Friday. And I'll use those most likely and then have those backup articles as extra things that people can read because I feel like it's so important to just do your research yeah. and do everything that you need to do in order to prep that it takes such a long time and it's really hard to manage it but i feel like you know as i say when there's a will there's a way definitely definitely and so. what what is it that you're chasing right now what do you like what what is the thing that you're after what do you want you want fame you want money you want handsome guys treat you like a queen <laughs> oh, God, <no. laughs> you want like you want oh, no. a lot of followers on twitter like what what is it that you what would you say I, you know, it's something that I mentioned to, to um, you know, my followers before is that I kind of want to be the female version of PewDiePie with less drama. I want to be able to be that person that kind of like the news source or the Wikipedia for gaming, if you will, mm -hmm. that people can trust and rely on and go to for gaming news, for psychology. I, you know, for me personally, I just want to make an impact on the gaming community. And whether that means people follow me or they don't, that's fine. The numbers, they're absolutely great, but they come and go. The impact on people, that's what stays. And that's why I'm kind of like, if I can get to that level of PewDiePie and just be like, hey, I can show you guys that not only a female can do this, but it can have an impact on positive thinking, then that's great. Tell me about those unique challenges as a female on the internet. I don't think a lot of guys or young men realize the set of challenges that women deal with mm -hmm. on the internet. 
it's definitely something that comes and goes, at least in, in, in my experience of where, you know, there will be months I won't experience any hate whatsoever. And then there will be uh, <laughs> a, a blowout of hate, if you will, of where someone will see my video. They don't like my username or they won't like the way I look. Or actually someone uh, said to me, I believe it was in passing about like a year or so ago, that my, my voice is low, so I, I must be transgender mm. and i said well that's such a compliment and i love the transgender community so much i am actually a female good sir mm. and it's it's those kind of interesting comments that i get of where like people assume that oh you know she's really good at gaming she must be a lesbian like i don't understand why it's always an attack to you know say that um if someone is good at this they must be in the lgbtq plus community and mm. i'm just like that's just not you know the way that things should go ever you know is an insult but it's there are several more that I will receive and I do receive a lot of the time that I think young guys, if it's put into perspective, I don't think that they can really understand it unless they're put into their shoes. I feel like if someone, I know this is a really bad example, but if someone were to put them in like a wig, heels, and a full-on dress and then plop them in front of a YouTube, I, I don't even think then they would really understand it to that extent. I feel you. I feel you. It's... So. Um... You know, it's funny. I, I, I have to be honest, right? I have to be honest about one thing. I was an angry kid on the internet back then as well. I was an incel. I was an angry troll back when I was younger. And that's mostly because I was brought up in a very negative, very nasty, very abusive environment where my mom and dad were both crazy alcoholics. And so I, I, it was pretty bad. And growing up was pretty bad. And on the internet, I found a safe space with all guys who, you know, shared just being angry boys we were just angry right. boys we yelling each other call of duty and we you know just being angry kids and then also getting all these negative experiences with women because i mean who likes an angry young kid nobody i smelled like shit i look bad clothes would look like shit i look like an idiot and i you know i didn't get no attention from girls and then girls would like on the internet would like come into the gaming community I'm like whoa hold up wait a this is the this is the only thing I got left. They want to take this as well? Really? I'm, come on, man. Let me play my game. And especially when they kill me in Call of Duty or Counter-Strike, like, oh, my God, she shot me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's more like I understand what's behind, you know, behind mm -hmm. that kid that, that's angry on the Internet or in the YouTube comments or Twitter. I know what's behind it. It's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain usually. Just it, there is. Bad yeah. situation at home or something is really bad. Yeah, and that's why I, more than anybody, I really understand why it's being done, why they're taking out their anger to an extent. Um, but at the same time, that's why I either clip it or I have it in a YouTube video. That way it's kept as kind of this eternal reminder that, hey, this does happen. And there are a lot of people who actually don't believe women that it happens. Yes. And I see you're seeing clips all over the place. I mean, like there are some misogynistic guys out there who even in Overwatch, because I'm... Uh, I am just one of those people that will thoroughly admit that I am obsessed with Overwatch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I have very seldom seen a nice conversation being directed towards me or any other female player who is in mm -hmm. Overwatch. Um, maybe I think it was once I had a nice experience with chat. That's why I keep my mic turned off because anytime I, I turn my mic on, someone says, well, we got female in the chat. Hide your guns, hide your wives. I'm like, no, guys, stop. <laughs> Let's just stop. It's okay. I'm not going to steal any of the streamers from you. <laughs> <laughs> Does it ever 
motivate you in a way that you feel like, you know what, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do very, very special, impressive, big things. And I'm going to show these little assholes. And see, that's not in my, my regimen, though. I'm not much of a revenge type person. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a stay in my lane, do my work and let karma do its thing type person. Mm -hmm. So if I see something wrong happening on the Internet, I'm like, oh, gosh, you must have such a monotonous life. You'll get yours one day. It's OK. <laughs> like that's my entire approach to everything, because I have my own stuff going on. So I don't need to pay more energy to the negativity. I'd rather pay more energy into the positive things that come into my life than that because i know how much people are struggling trust me it's a very difficult time and i know that means a lot of trolls are going to give themselves more of a license to be their natural uh form if you will <laughs> on the internet so yeah yeah and is it part of staying healthy using social media in a healthy smart way for you to not engage in drama and not engage in all that nonsense going on on the internet because I never ever see you engage in that stuff. I'm like, it could no. of course help you because you're in a gaming community, it's drama all the time, there's, you know, Keemstar, whatever pedophile stuff going on over there. Yeah. And now I got somebody canceled over here. And I, so you could like get in there and get some engagement, mm -hmm. but you choose not to. No, I, that's not my lane. I the only uh, like the only time I ever really got into drama was when it involved uh, women's rights, to an extent, and that that happened about a year ago. Of where um, in South Korea, I covered an entire case called the Burning Sun trial, and that had to do with uh, secret chat rooms and men who were assaulting women. And I got death threats from that. I got hate from that. I got people telling me that I should just stay in my gamer lane. And it was one of those moments that made me realize that to an extent, there's a truth to that. You do need to stay in your lane if you don't know what you're talking about. But the thing is, is that besides psychology, I took several law classes in college as well. So for me, I was speaking from experience um, personally from being assaulted as well as trying to understand why people are the way they are in society. And I felt like this is the time to speak out on this kind of thing. It's a strong, hot topic, but it's also a really important topic to discuss as well. I won't put myself into drama unless I feel like it actually has an importance to um, other people's lives or if it's affecting me or if it's affecting somebody else. I won't willingly put myself in drama because number one, I don't like confrontation and number two, that's not my job. <laughs> I'm not Keemstar. <laughs> hmm. But so. is that for you a way to just navigate the internet? Because if you live your life, I mean, I, I do a, a lot of my work on the internet, not most, but a lot. Um, it is it is pretty crazy at times. And I'm not even talking about hate and trolling, but it's just easy to get in this feedback loop of, oh, these people have this opinion about me and I feel less about myself. And then I try to get that love back from them, you know, and adjust, you know, whatever I'm doing and try to, you know, change right. myself kind of. And then, you know, you get just distracted all the time, you know, opening a bunch of tabs, playing video games. You can really, there's so many things to distract you if your yeah. life is on the internet, basically. Yeah, and I, I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of the time when people see, like, so this again it's probably not the best worded example but um they see something new and shiny for example and they're just like oh it's a new game oh this is a new piece of drama this is a new this this is a new that it's all basically an abstraction like you said to 
avoid the bigger problems, whether that be what's going on in their personal life, what's going on in the world around us, when people need to just as much pay attention to what they're happy about, whether it be drama, whether it be this or that, and pay equal mind to the things that are going on in real life, because those take just as much importance, even more so than the things that are going on online. That's why people uh, will sometimes get snippy of me if I don't reply back to them on Twitter. And I'm just like, I have real life to take care of. I don't have time a lot of the time to just interact and play yeah. around and, you know, be a kid and just be like, oh, you know, what are you doing today? I'm like working, being an adult, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I feel that. Oh. I feel that. Definitely. It's uh, it's 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 kind of difficult, especially when you have a. I know you share this attitude of trying to help other people mostly, right? Mm -hmm. Offering help to people and not going on the internet to just take and consume and suck money and energy and engagement out of people, but just you know give them a hand and, and in whatever way for you it's gaming and inspiration and uh, there's so many other ways you can reach out to people but when you do some people act like they own you right yes exactly nobody is entitled to your time and that's something that actually my mother taught me of where you are entitled to everything you are everything you own and that even includes things that you might want to gloat about or feel cocky about to an extent right mm. So if you buy like, let's say you're buying a limited edition game that costs $250 and it was, you know, sold uh, at GameStop, you know, whatever the case may be. And someone was just like, oh, I can get that this time or I couldn't do that. I didn't have enough money to do that. They purposefully make you feel bad or subconsciously make you feel bad mm -hmm. in order to be able to see what the reaction will be. Everything is for a reaction on the Internet. There's nothing to actually try to engage a person. And a lot of people don't realize this because they keep giving the reactions. They don't actually have a coherent, well thought out conversation that has to do with motivation or being happy for the other person. Very seldom will you see actually people being excited for others who do splurge on things, who do this, who do that. So that's that's why I don't really share a lot of purchases that I make or anything like that either because I, I know I'm going to give crap for it. Hmm. I get that. I get yeah. that. It's really unfair, but it's, you know, it's kind of part of doing what we do in a way, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. especially like with a lot of, um, you know, I will say bigger ticket items, like there was, um, what was it, a game that I got that was uh, a deluxe edition for Ori and the Will of Wisps. And it was the first unboxing I ever did of a deluxe edition. And so many people were telling me how they couldn't afford it, how they can do this. And I was mm. like, save your coin and then you can afford it. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I have, I'm very blunt when it comes down to it. So a lot of people don't like that either, by the way. <laughs> no, but hey, listen, I mean, if that's who you are, you, you, this, you, what you got to stand for, right? Yeah. You got to stand for something. It, I, I truly believe in, especially on the internet, so easily to get swayed to the left or to the right. Or, you know, yes. I've, um, I've seen a lot of friends of mine on the internet go on this controversy tour and they just went off and got... 80,000 followers in a year and just completely killing it, but wow. I gotta be honest, they're not really making any money. No. People just, just because you have a lot of followers doesn't mean yeah, you're making money. No. That's the thing that people don't get. <laughs> no. People who chase controversy are not people with big wallets and not people who are willing to, you know, open up their wallets and give you some money for something. They're exactly. just 
chasing what's hot, what's spicy, what's controversial, what's, you know, they're just engaging and that's it. And I've seen people with exactly. 90 followers, millionaires, just, they don't, just don't do Twitter. And I've seen yeah. like 90,000 followers who haven't ever done anything that's like worth you see, that's that's why I don't tell a lot of people that I normally will do, um, you know, charity work and stuff like that. Or I'll tell people that I'll give to other Twitch streamers who may be struggling and everything. I don't tell people a lot about that because mm -hmm. it's normally something of where, like, if people tell you about something that they're doing, they're doing it for the intention, not because they're actually in it to do the, the good deed. Exactly. I'm doing it because I want to see the smile on their face whenever they get like that five or like, you know, a $20 donation, whatever it may be. And I'm just like, this means the world to them. This doesn't mean that you should have a gloat or a clout trip from it, mm. you know? So, cause a lot of people think of it as like, oh, you're getting clout for a good deed. And it's like, no, no, that's like humble bragging. It's the same thing as humble mm. bragging. It is, definitely, it is. Uh, so tell me about your YouTube channel. What do, what can we expect if we get on your YouTube channel right now? Um, a lot of me going, what, what the hell? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of me just questioning life in general. Um, I try to make people laugh, um, whether that be at my own cost personally, because there's a lot of me dying in video games. All right, or, a lot of videos of where I go through and I review games from a psychological standpoint, a series that I'm actually bringing back to the channel called Psychologically Gaming, where I will take a game character and I'll analyze it. And actually, there's one episode that I'm currently working on right now, where instead of playing this Siren Head game that apparently came out of like this really obscure character, mm. we're analyzing the character from a psychological viewpoint. So mm. we're like doing that. that. Um, I have a news show that comes out every Friday called The Casual Nerd, where we dive into game trailer reviews, and we'll dive into all sorts of news reviews. And I, my channel's pretty much split up of where every Monday and Wednesday there is a game, and then every Friday is two videos where there's an indie game and a casual nerd. Awesome. Awesome. So. I like the dedication, man. You really... You're doing that shit on YouTube. I cannot, for the life of me, get in the schedule. It's... Oh, my <laughs> God. It's so hard. It is so hard, but I, I really I, respect people who can do it, man. Thank you. I have a, a, a minor form of OCD, so that helps too. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I bet you can definitely. It's, it's, I like it. Your channel looks good. Uh, it, all the, you. you know, all the vibes are just positive, right? And that's not, that's not yeah. often. I like it. Especially when you know how easy it is to jump on some negative shit and get some engagement oh, and, yeah. and get that feedback and get the ball rolling. But, uh, yeah, I yeah. really regret because I did like I did two videos of uh, three videos even on the the MGTOW community men going their own way mm -hmm. a very toxic um, male Victimhood mm -hmm. cult basically feeling like men are like right. Victims and women are very evil and I talked about what my opinion was about them and I got like 10,000 views. I'm like, oh, yum, yum, views, yum, 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 yum. And then I went up to 20. I'm like, oh, yum, 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 yum. So I made like three videos back to back to back. And then after that third video, I'm like, what the hell am I even doing? <laughs> like, what am I doing? These guys are not nice. They're coming. They want to kill me. They want to shoot me. They're, this is a disliking. I mean, I'm getting views, but it's like, I, I don't really, I don't, I, this is not what I want to do. And I've never had so much fun going back to like 50 to 150 views 
videos. <laughs> I never had so much fun in my life doing what I want to do and doing what I love to do instead of just yeah. feeding some idiots some content and getting views. That's, that's the thing of where it's very difficult. You have to find that good homeostasis, that great yeah. balance. If you, yeah. you have to, you know, a lot of people don't understand that it's really kind of soul crushing in a way to see the certain comments to an extent, because mm. it's like, you know, you, from my experience, at least you pile on top of knowing a lot about what you're talking, like, you know, the game culture on top of being a female on top of actually being good at some games. Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. <laughs> you got like a hybrid of something else over here. Yeah. yeah. And I would do that self credit because for me uh it's through a lot of you know um what's the word you know uh trying to narrow down certain things mm. a lot of process and elimination a lot of trying to figure out the content and i i can solemnly say that it was not like this in the very beginning because i've had over a hundred episodes of the casual nerd and i remember the first episode that really got a lot of traction was talking about uh, a youtuber who was leaving and the psychological impact that it's going to have mm. of whenever it's culture and that's when i really first noted that people were really interested in the psychology of it and that got i think like what twelve thousand views or something like mm. that for that video and that was back when i first started in 2016. that's crazy so it really made me realize that people are interested in the whys and the hows, not more or less like the Jake Pauls and the Logan Pauls of where it's like, oh, let me jump, you know, 100 feet from my roof and see what happens to my GoPro. Like, yeah. I, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'll do so. you. I'll do you. That's that's so cool, man. Uh, tell me, tell me, plug whatever you want, man. Tell me about YouTube channel. Tell me about Twitter. Where can we find you? So on my YouTube, it's a uh, huggable hipster and it's, it's actually kind of interesting because it's like, I never thought I would ever call myself a huggable hipster, but cause we're not normally huggy people, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you can also find me on Twitter at huggable hipster and also on, uh, my Instagram as well, which I, I just got to 700 people. So for those of you who followed, thank you so much. Awesome. Um, and that's going to be, well. yeah, it's going to be also a huggable hipster as well. Um, do I have any other things? Oh yeah, I have articles where you guys can follow me. The article website is called The Casual Nerd of where I will update all of my different article reviews, psychological reviews, and even tech reviews as well. Awesome, I like it. So cool. Thank you so much for yeah. being on, Ariel. I uh, really yeah, enjoyed, enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, it was a long time coming. I'm so glad I was able to finally come yeah, on and chat finally. with you. Yeah, I'm so happy we did it. And <laughs> love to talk to you again sometime, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to have you on my podcast as well if you would oh, want to be on it. Oh, 100%. Please, let's set it up right now. Let's do it. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Thank you. I'll right. see you soon. All right. See you soon. Yeah. See ya. Yeah.